You're listening to The B Word Unpacked, brought to you by Goodstock Consulting. Well, hello, listeners. So welcome back to our new episode of B Word Unpacked. Now, I'm very excited to dive into today's topic, which is beauty. So let's think about it. From the time that we're born, we receive messages about beauty. Like, right, ladies, we see it in our mm-hmm. dolls that we are bought as little kids, right? They, they represent this certain type and ideal and standard of what beauty is. The books, the magazines, when we get older, showing these images of, of women's bodies and what they hear and their, and their lips and their shades, what it looks like to be presented as beautiful. And these things kind of help to shape how we define ourselves. Like everything, when you look in a mirror, you're constantly judging yourself. Am I right, ladies? Absolutely. Absolutely. So true, Eb. And no one can deny the impact that beauty really has on society. And for better or worse, you know, it really does play a significant role in our everyday lives. Have you guys ever watched these makeup artists on YouTube or Instagram? Right. Don't do it. It's amazing. <laughs> and it is a trap. Okay. I just wanted to learn how to apply these lashes because I love lashes. But then three hours of videos later, I still could not apply lashes, but I thoroughly entertained myself like those kids that watch the other kids like play with toys and unwrap toys. That's right. exactly how I felt for three full hours. But what's really exciting is our special guest today. Burr, 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 burr. Mrs. America 2014, Austin Williams. Welcome. Welcome. Who's better to talk about beauty than an actual beauty queen? And fortunately for us, her insides really do match the outside. So y'all, before we dive into the B-side and really start to unpack this topic of beauty with Austin, let's do a quick lightning round. So everybody, I'm curious, give me two to three of your current favorite beauty products of the moment. Now, Kelly, you know I have more than two to three. Well, okay. Girl, give me what you got. All right. Okay. So am I the only slack person that still falls asleep in her makeup? I can't do that anymore. Okay, don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'm 40, y'all. I know. So yeah. because I do only sometimes, <laughs> I have a list of stuff, and I scrub and moisturize a lot, and then I pile more shit on. <laughs> um, Palmer skin therapy oils, Aveeno facial cleanser and moisturizer, soap snob, shout out to another black business owner, her rose water facial toner, Anastasia mm. Beverly, dip brow, blush, dust of bronzer, and yes, my infamous lashes. I'm so committed to these lashes, y'all, and I'm going to get it right. I messed up one time and tried to get that magnetic lash and put that um, magnetic eyeliner. Listen. But if you have any wet... Travesty. Did you look abused? (laughs) 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 And I say all the time, so as far as beauty products, I get really frustrated because, you know, as the um, light bright coalition, I like to just say that I feel like our more melanated um, sisters that y'all don't know the struggle that we go through. At any point in time throughout not only the, the year, but literally throughout the day, I'm I'm five to six different shades from yellow to straight up jaundice. <laughs> I, have to, I have to figure out constantly which one and three of these things can I mix together and try to get this kind of yellowness to kind of match and not make me look orange. It's a, it's a delicate balance. Um, but when people started to come out with these, you know, bronzers, I was like, oh, with the contouring of the face, I was like, great, because I have to use bronzer on my whole face so I don't just look like, you know, sick. So, so anyway, so the, <laughs> but the things that I love, that there, there are certain things Functional now that pneumonia. I have <laughs> Functional <laughs> pneumonia. Functional <laughs> pneumonia. 
he got a fever no i'm okay it's just winter um but no but the the things i absolutely love now though i found this thing called gleaming on um instagram of all places because you know i like to do a little midnight shopping this gleaming is a vitamin c clay mask and when i tell y'all it makes you feel like everything is right in the world like friends I, i bought it for everybody i gave it to this little my neighbor is like this 68 year old um, white woman bought it for her. Thought she might like it. I mean, just like everybody. <laughs> That's upset. weird. People just take but a then, um, And then here lately, you know, we've been reading about all these things for us tied it into health. That makeup can have a lot of these carcinogens in them, leading to cancer. Ladies, look at your ingredients. That's true. In your makeup. That's true. Because the skin is the largest organ of your body. So, um, so here recently, I've actually switched over to Jane Iredale, and I don't even know if I'm saying her name right because I'm country. But she's a dermatologist, and her makeup line is absolutely amazing. Now, you can't find it in any kind of brick and mortar, so it won't be in Sephora or Ulta. But um, it's on my number one store, hashtag Amazon. Um, call me go. what you want. I use it absolutely every day. So those are those are my two, Gleeman and then Jane Iredale. I'm on the I'm same the tip same as you, Ebony, in terms of the whole vitamin C piece. I don't even right. have a specific brand, but I am all about those vitamin C serums, y'all. You mm. put that stuff on at night and you wake up in the morning and your face just glowing. looks glowy and dewy and just like plump. I'll tell you, when I hit 40, well, before I hit 40, when I hit 35, I said I can no longer not wash my face I when know. I go to bed. Like there was something that's, sleepy. Yo, something clicked in my head and I was like, I got to take this thing off my face. <laughs> so I've been hyper conscious about my skin. So my two, it's not even really beauty. It's all about the skin and it's that vitamin C serum. And yes, I do get it on Mr. Amazon too. And right. then um, something called La Roche-Posay and it's a sunscreen and a moisturizer and I use it every morning and truly it just makes your skin just feel so plump and fresh mm. I love it and then just shout out shout out this is a drugstore buy but cover girl great lash mascara you it costs all lashes. of five dollars yeah and it works magic I love that stuff it's the pink and green one y'all old school Kelly how old you school. didn't talk about green. your infamous red lips oh, I love the red lip too that MAC liquid yes. matte mm. I wear it on occasion i call it my lady lip they i assume wait, wait, another personality mm. Mm. we know she means business when she comes in when with, I the bust out with the red lip mm-hmm. you know oh, wait top, top of this liquid matte is it like a is it a lip gloss no it's liquid but it turns to matte kim you're gonna have to talk about the application you're better at it than listen me. friend it's amazing but it goes on it's very thick it's an all-day coverage yep. the pigment is nice and bright and consistent you know mm-hmm. listen and when when she steps out the car and i see the red lips i'm like oh yeah bitch me business today <laughs> yeah oh, she mean business damn. today she is hypnotizing today coming with it uh-huh uh-huh now y'all know i'm gonna have to order some of these products and y'all gonna <laughs> my bank account okay <laughs> no need to hold off any longer ladies let's go ahead and unpack this thing called the beauty welcome, welcome to, to the b-side welcome to the mic mrs america 2014 entrepreneur, minister, wife, mother, host, speaker, our new age renaissance woman, Mrs. Austin Williams. 
Now, for certain B-word topics, we like to bring in the content experts, the people who really know what they're talking about. And honestly, friend, I think this is a perfect topic for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know if I'm an expert in beauty, but I've certainly been given a seat at the table for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> She's oh, gorgeous. Take. She's beautiful. Thank mm-hmm. you, girl. Now, I read some of your receipts, but tell the people who you are and a bit about your journey to Ms. America. And a fun question. Who do you think is the most beautiful person alive today? Oh, my goodness. Well, okay, let's start with who I am, where I come from, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I grew up modeling, acting, singing, dancing. That was just a perfectly normal part of my life. And so when I was young, I started doing modeling and acting stuff in New York City. Then I moved to Los Angeles, hosted TV shows, movies, all that jazz. And uh, there came a point in time where I decided I was really just done. I was done with Hollywood specifically. Those people were crazy. I was like, y'all are not like me. I'm a Charleston girl, so I'm just used to people Mm -hmm. being polite. I I also lived in New York, so I don't need you to be nice to me all the time. That certainly wasn't the expectation, but I just felt like in L.A., everywhere I went, People just wanted something from you. It was mm. like, hey, how are you? What can you do for me? Sure. Which was super awkward yeah. and really made it difficult to cultivate relationships and those kinds of things. I was like, y'all crazy. I'm leaving. Right. And, <laughs> and so I actually ended up moving to Texas and then I went to seminary. Which what? I, That's I, a transition. I know. Hard turn. Hard turn. Hard. I. There was really no reasonable explanation for this, except for God was moving in my life. I remember I had been brought back to South Carolina to judge this pageant, and I was in Myrtle Beach. And I called my mama because it was it was Bikers Weekend, so I was going. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I was, was it was it Harley or was it? Black bikers. It wasn't black bikers. Mm-mm. Oh. Mm-mm. No, no. It was like it was like a sea of of not me and then me in my yeah. car looking around, being a little concerned, <laughs> going <laughs> zero miles per hour. Here. Yeah, I was. It was not okay. And I just remember feeling like I need to move to Texas. And so I called my mom on the phone. I said, "Mama, I'm moving to Texas." She said, "What do you mean you moving to Texas?" <laughs> I said, "I'm moving to Texas." She said, "What are you gonna do in Texas?" I was like, "I don't know," but I feel like God wants me to move to Texas. Hmm. And she said. Let me tell you what you're not going to do. Um, have you any idea how much money we've invested into your career? You're Ooh. going back to California. I said, I can't go. And she said, oh, okay. How long are you can go? I'm like, I want to go for like three months. And while I was there, I got wrecked and stayed and ended up in seminary. Wow. So wow. Since yeah. then, Why Texas, though? I don't know. Like, right. I why, why did God? Heart. Why did God say, um, "Moses, go park this sea real quick"? I don't Uh-oh. know. Like, okay. like okay. move when you say move. You, mm-hmm. He said, "You do something." That like, all right, God? All right, there don't, you go. don't swallow me up in the mouth right. of the whale like Jonah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, uh, off to Texas I went, and then I met my husband there. Graduated from seminary, and after I had my second kid, things moved around like you would not believe. Hmm. I was squishy everywhere, and. I don't know if y'all ever been. You mean your body? Oh, yeah. Oh. Things <laughs> That's what I was like, what? No, no. This Kim, body. The body Get was... your mind. <laughs> I know. I thought it was like a metaphor. Like, no. life was squishy and it was just like, you know, unstable. Girl, That's no. where I was. My body no, was no. squishy <laughs> everywhere. My body. It just like things went down and out and around. And I, I call it skinny fat. I was thin. But it was squishy. Slim thick. I've been there. It it was not okay. And I don't know if y'all ever been to Texas during the summertime. 
Uh, but it's hotter than hell. It makes you want to turn your life around hot in Texas <laughs> in the summertime. And uh, I made Marcel, my husband, commit to me. I said, now, baby, if you ever see me and I just start looking crazy, don't let me go out in these streets just looking crazy. You need to tell me. Yes. Right. So he, he came over to me one day. He was like, babe, I got to talk to you about something. <gasps> oh. And I was like, what? And he was like, it's really serious. I was like, what are you about to say to me, my girl? What's up? He said, you have cellulite on your thighs. Mm. I was oh. like, you I realize think. I shower every day. I know I have cellulite on my thighs. Write it down. I had a baby get four a months ago. Right? Get a journal. And if I keep it that real with me. <laughs> I mean, it was real. I asked for that. It was all good. But after that, I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to do something to get my life right. So I, I decided nothing like the threat of swimsuit competition and make you get your life together. I should do Mrs. Texas. This is okay. a great idea. Wow. wow. And that is how I entered into Mrs. America and Mrs. Texasness. Come through, Marcel. It I was because my husband told me I had cellulite, cellulite. on my thighs. Praise God. <laughs> I'm going to show you what the cellulite does. Yep. So since then, I uh, was named Humanitarian of the Year for my work in human trafficking, which was my platform as Mrs. America. have had opportunities to travel all over the world as a speaker, speaking about human trafficking. Also, a huge part of the work that I did, especially after seminary, became talking about media influence and how media influence affects the way that we perceive ourselves. Wow. So really beauty in, in that kind yeah. of yeah. of space as well. And then Jesus as well, because you know seminary. I'm about to learn a thing or two. There so, you go. Yeah. So my most beautiful person in the world right now, I really like Zozi. I don't know Zozie's last name. Zozie. She is Miss Universe right now. South Africa. Yes. She is from South Africa. And I, I don't. Tunzi. Zozie Tunzi. Yeah, Zozie Tunzi. Um, Zozie, what I find fascinating about her is that she is a beautiful woman, but she is very intelligent and mm -hmm. has a lot to say and mm -hmm. really has a lot of advocacy work. And. Yeah. I'm just in a space in my life where I no longer just look at you and go, oh, you're really beautiful and find that intriguing. That's not compelling at all to at me. All. Right. I I think beauty is is when somebody can take whatever they have and then affect change with it. And right. I think that she's that type of woman, a woman who will go, this is the way that my hair looks and I'm going to go to the barber and then I'm going to show up at Miss Universe and right. take go. me for what I am. Yes. And I think even that kind of statement beyond the fact that of course she's a, a beautiful woman but having the audacity to get on a stage mm. where a eurocentric standard of beauty is the standard Absolutely. and go this is what I look like and you should celebrate my beauty I think that 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 that's the the magic. That's the magic in the black girl magic. That's the there black you go. Magic. That's the black girl magic. Mm -hmm. Do you right. ever wear your natural curls out on stage? Absolutely, I wear my hair natural, uh, and and my hair. I, just last year, I cut off about ten inches of my hair, and, wow. and I remember after I went to Mrs. America. Nope, that wasn't Mrs. America. That was Mrs. World. I was introduced at, at Mrs. World as Mrs. America just a couple of months ago, and it was after I lopped all my hair off. I started getting like flooded with text messages and DMs. You got your hair <laughs> And And, you know, but even that, this ideal that my natural hair is more beautiful because of the texture of my curls and the length of it yeah. also mm. kind of plays into that as well. Uh, when really, I just even think that that's kind of distorted. You know, mm -hmm. hair doesn't have to be a certain texture in order to be beautiful. Right. And it doesn't have to be a certain length to be beautiful. Right. And so, you know, I think even the statement 
statement of going, yeah, I'm going to lop all my hair off. I'm going to wear it natural. And then I'm going to get on a Mrs. World stage is an invitation for a shift in perspective about what beauty looks like. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. So speaking of what beauty looks like, that skin you got working there, girl, it mm. is flawless. flawless. So tell us, what's in your beauty routine? I I didn't know this, and my mama is the realist. So when I was 28, I moved back to Charleston, and my mama was like, Austin, you're a really pretty girl, but you really need to start taking care of your skin. I was like, <laughs> you have some, Thank you. some real people I in your life. I have some real people in my life who would be like, you look oh crazy. You need to try again. Go try again. <laughs> Not be a Pisces. You, that would have had me on my knees. I was like, all right. And my mom started going, you can't just wash your face. You also have to moisturize. Like yep. moisturizing is the most mm. important part of your skincare routine. And a lot of times I encounter women who are like, you know, what do you use on your skin? I use, I wash my face every day. I use these expensive products, but it does not matter how much you wash your face if you do not moisturize. Why? Mm -hmm. Because it's like your hair. Mm -hmm. If you don't moisturize your hair, your hair has no moisture. Your hair has no moisture. Your skin has no moisture. Then it becomes dry. What happens to dry things? Have you seen a desert? Mm. It starts crack, to crack. crack. Have you seen a desert? Have to, <laughs> you have to, have to moisturize. It's super important. So I, I use oil of Olay, mm -hmm. the luminous collection. I use the cream cleanser because the foaming cleanser strips my skin. It makes my skin extra dry. Mm -hmm. And then I used to use toner, like the expensive donor, but my mom was like, you should just use some witch hazel with like an old black lady. Yeah, 99 cents. Right. Go get you some works. 99 cents witch mm -hmm. hazel. So mm -hmm. I just use witch hazel and then I use some moisturizer. And I think a lot of times people don't want to use the moisturizer because the moisturizer is expensive. Yeah, but that so worth is it. worth it. Absolutely. The and then also I'm, I'm with you, Kelly, with uh, all the serums. Yes. So... <laughs> I'm here for all the vitamin C serums, <laughs> all the serums. And then also serums with hydrolyronic acid are really important. Oh. And, and then also taking collagen. So like they have like powder collagen that you can add to your water and things like that. That adds a less... A, elasticity to your skin get that bounce back get that bounce back and just help help fluff it back up so nice yep that's me okay i'm taking notes mm -hmm. i'm taking notes and with I'm being around all those beautiful women i mean miss america miss universe miss world i mean there's nothing but just beauty all around you so how has been in these pages kind of changed your views about beauty and america's standard of beauty like for instance like when i think about it and the role that beauty has played in my life when I was growing up, Snow White, Cinderella, Rapunzel, you know, even for the guys, Captain America, Spider-Man, Superman, they were they were all white. And none of those people are images that were presented to us uh, as beauty looked like me. Mm -hmm. So in growing up, I didn't define myself. And even sometimes I still struggle with when people say, oh, you're beautiful. It's like, uh, I don't see myself as beautiful. I see myself more so as smart. I could be that but not measure up to the, the standards of what beauty was. So how do you, how do you kind of cope with that? Honestly, I think I, I had the exact same experience, even growing up in the entertainment industry, where in some ways, if I'm being completely honest, like my aesthetic was the standard of beauty. Because whenever you're modeling or acting, whenever you are a part of media in that way, you are becoming a part of what the standard of beauty looks like in some capacity. And, and I, again, I, even while doing this, struggled with the same thing. I don't think that I really 
turned a corner in in that space until I was probably about 25, so 10 years ago. And what really shifted for me is when I began to understand my proper identity, Mm -hmm. that the way that I look is not who I am, that how smart I am is not who I am, the things that I do is not who I am, the roles that I have, that's not who I am. And when I began to to better understand my proper identity, who I am and whose I am, I think that, that I had a huge shift in perspective because then from there, it, it mattered considerably less what people thought about the way that I looked. I cared considerably more about mm-hmm. who God made me to be right. and understanding that when he made each one of us, he fashioned us. He took his time. And when he was done, he said, this is good. Mm-hmm. Like, that is that is the truth about who we are. And I think when you have that understanding of beauty, it showed, it totally changes your perspective. I think that's awesome. You know, growing up, I was never necessarily referred to as a pretty girl, but I wouldn't say that the absence of those observations or those comments registered until I became a teenager. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not sharing this from, oh, woe is me. Nobody told me I was pretty. It's just other attributes were valued more highly. That said, you know, Baby Kelly was not into being girly or beauty or anything along those lines. Y'all, I had a gang of, of Barbies. Uh, I played with the Legos nonstop, you know, nonstop. I was in the neighborhood skateboard club. I was just 100% tomboy. So the beauty thing didn't really register until I got to be a little older. Around 14, 15, I really started to pay attention to how people treated those who were considered beautiful, how people treated pretty people. And I also started to think about and really pay attention to how my mom and my grandmother were putting themselves together in the ways in which they presented, which I got to say was always laid, always always full-on outfits, makeup, hair, laid, pearls. I mean, it just was Mm -hmm. not kind of a jeans and T-shirt kind of generation. And I don't know if that was a Southern thing, but, uh, you know, that all that to say, seeing how much they invested in their beauty and also seeing how people responded to beauty really got me to thinking, well, is it that beautiful? How is it that people who are beautiful are treated differently? You know, Kelly, I want to unpack that a little bit. You mentioned um, paying attention to how people treated beautiful or pretty people. And I truly believe that your appearance can sometimes take you further than your words. Mm -hmm. I mean, our world is built on power dynamics and beauty is certainly related to power. We understand that. But Austin, what do you think? You're a beautiful woman that has traveled the world. What are some of the privileges and pitfalls that you've encountered? I'm first of all, just 100% yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You will get treated differently based on your appearance. I, I always tell people, when I go to the airport, because I travel all the time, I always make sure I'm late when I go to the airport yeah. because you are more likely to be treated better. You're more yes. likely to get an upgrade. Yep. It just and you never w- know who you might meet. And it completely changes your experience in an airport. So like when I see people in sweatpants and sweatshirt, I'm like, ooh, don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. don't, do, don't that. do that. Mistakes mm-hmm. are being made right now. I learned that in college too, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Yes. Don't do that. And then you know, even back to your point, Kelly. I think speaking of these this older generation. They didn't have the privilege of just looking any kind of way. Like if they wanted to be treated with dignity and respect, they needed to have dignity and respect for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of thinking changed the way that they presented themselves as if to say, no matter what you think about who I am, uh, this is this is what it is. Mm -hmm. You can put some respect on 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 all of this. And, And I think that that. 
you know, it's important for us to carry that same kind of respect and dignity dynamic if we also want it because you will be treated differently based on that. However, I have also had experiences. I remember getting, I was getting off an airplane one day and the, the man, you know, when you're coming out of the aisle to go into the main aisle to, to get off, mm-hmm. he said, oh, you go first. Brains before beauty. Oh, I, I, I oh. was like, uh, hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> You don't know me like that, sir. And you don't know my accolades. You don't know how educated I am. Mm-hmm. You, I'm probably smarter than you, sir. Right. They don't know me. Uh, but because of right. the way that I looked, he made some assumptions yes. about what was in my head. Mm-hmm. And and I think people can also be quick to make those kinds of judgments. So, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're tired, uh, you have to make sure that you aren't slipping up. Right. I, I think, of course, in reality, Sure, there's grace for all of that, and we don't have to be perfect people, sure. But at the same time, I do think that there's a double-edged sword that can swing both ways and and hurt you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is a delicate balance. You know, Kim, I can remember you saying on several occasions that when you were a little girl, that folks often said to you, you are such a pretty dark-skinned girl. And so do you remember what that made you think, how that made you feel, particularly, you know, from a little girl perspective to a grown Kim perspective. Yeah, I think I was about five when I first remember hearing that. And honestly, um, I thought it was a compliment. It mm-hmm. wasn't until college that I realized that anything attached to for a dark skinned girl, mm-hmm. quote unquote, mm-hmm. was hella problematic. Yeah. Um, yes. But then again, most of the people in my family are dark skinned. And so I really just didn't associate the two, but college was another world for me. You know, it's, it's one of the things when you guys talk about, um, dark skin, I really, so growing up, um, I didn't really realize the difference in dark skin and light skin. Um, I think I told in the first episode, we talked about being black in America and how, when I was in the third grade, I was first introduced to the point of, of colorism when I was told I couldn't celebrate black history month because I didn't look black. Um, LS, you know who you are. Um, oh my God, I'm so still sorry, on LS. LS. She is still looking for you. Yes, LS. Forty years right, later, LS. that's your initials. But anyway, <laughs> but when when I was told that, I kind of went almost into a militant way of thinking about blackness and being proud, being proud of the fact that I was black. Like my name literally means black, and um, and so going through junior high school, for instance, I was the only black person in my class, high school only black person in my class. Um, and it wasn't until I really had to come face to face though, with this idea of colorism, um, that I realized the privilege that I had on being on the spectrum of a black, um, on the lighter end of it. And it was when my, my little sister called me and she probably, I don't know if she even remembers this conversation, but she called me one day, um, Juki and something had happened. I don't know what, but she called me in hysterics, like, literally screaming. Um, and she said, you don't know what it's like. And I was like, wait, first of all, how are we starting this conversation? Like what's going on? You know, what's happening? And she was like, you don't know what it's like. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you don't know what it's like to not get a second look and it, and it be in a negative way. And in that moment, at first I wanted to jump back and say like, wait, what do you mean? Like, you know, I'm just as black as you, da, 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 da. but in that moment, I realized that no, I I don't have a dog in this fight. There are there are certain things that, as darker skin, my darker skin sisters have to encounter that I don't necessarily get the blunt of 
of that sort, if that makes sense. Like, um, you know, like you were saying, Austin, looks will get you in a door many times that are going to be close to other people. And so what I realized in, in growing up and, and really trying to struggle with how do I deal with my color is my, my color and my privilege that's associated with it. How can I use the platform I've been given as a voice and speak on things that people who may not look like me may not be able to say? For sure. I think, I think one of the things, though, that's a central problem, though, is that's, Kim, what you described as a microaggression. Yes. Right? right? Like yes. These, are, these are microaggressions. And the problem really should not be, the burden shouldn't be on us. Mm-hmm. However, we have experienced, we as black people have experienced so many microaggressions that now we have taken on these aggressions and we now use them against one another right. because right. of our own hurt. Which means that we have some work that to we you. need to do, right? And yeah. uh, just celebrating what it is to, to be beautiful and to be black. One of the things that, that I've been really thinking about a lot in the, the fall of last year, I went to Columbia, the country, and it was the first time that I had ever gone. I've been to Africa a couple of times. We right. don't look, I went specifically to South Africa. We don't look like them. Like hmm. we African-Americans don't look like South African people. What's the difference you would say? They, just the their features? face shape, their features, their body shapes. Like we just don't look like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And they're beautiful people, but we don't look like them. Right. And and I remember my my husband and I, we went with a group of white people. And I, we had this conversation like, oh, we going with these white people. These white people going to stick out, but we going to blend in. It's going to be great. Yeah, that's not what happened. Wow. Right? Not at all. It was like, people were like, are are you, they were asking us if we were colored. Yeah, I was which gonna is, say, you would blend in as which a colored is, person. Which is their way of saying, are you mixed? Mm-hmm. Oh. So, But we don't look like just the black people there. We look like colored people there, mixed people there. Gotcha. And, and so fast forward, I go to Colombia last year. Colombia. 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 Yes. I went to Colombia and... It was the first time I had ever been surrounded by people who looked like us. Wow. Like, and then I started really kind of doing just a little bit of study about um, about what it looks like and what it means to be an Afro-Latino or, or Afro-Latina. And they, the only difference between them and us is that where the slave where the ship ships landed, landed mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, and and so it made me really start to reconsider what it is to be light skinned, to be dark skinned, and to celebrate the diaspora mm-hmm. because we are so multifaceted. And I and I think you're right, Ebony. Like we we do have privileges that that sometimes we we don't even want to accept the fact that we have the privilege mm-hmm, because right. it's almost like like it's a bad word like oh right, i have yeah. this privilege right? right my dad is my dad is mixed we didn't know what he was mixed with until just a couple of years ago he is olive skinned he could blend in like if he's with some black people you go oh he's a light skinned black person if he's a white right. people you go oh he's white he's got right. green eyes and ambiguous and totally ambiguous mm-hmm. i look right. nothing like this man and I, he's my father for, for for sure, but I don't look <laughs> I don't look anything like him. And I remember growing up and being little and struggling with like, why am I so dark and he's so light? How come I didn't end up light skin? Light skin people are more beautiful than brown skin people, yeah. and and like the struggle is real. But again, that's work that we have to do mm-hmm. in in speaking truth to the lies that we're believing about mm-hmm. what it is to to be more beautiful because you're light or darker or, or whatever. But at any right. rate really 
it ultimately falls because some other people told us that what we are is bad mm-hmm. and that's not true that's you know, not true at and all. it kind of flows back into what you were talking about the power of media and social media so i have mm-hmm. a five-year-old daughter Lindsay, and so she started going to a predominantly white school um last school year and i noticed that as she was coming back home she had more questions about her skin tone and her um her hair texture and she wanted to know why her hair wasn't long and why was her hair she didn't like her puff we had she she wears a afro puff most times um and i was like but your hair is beautiful you know everyone can't get a puff she was not feeling it but you know who took it to turn around beyonce mm-hmm. so right. i showed her the a queen. picture of blue ivy and I said, she loves Beyonce. She's everything Beyonce. And Everybody said, should. <laughs> and I was like, well, have you ever seen Beyonce's daughter? And she said, Beyonce has a daughter? I said, yes. And her name is Blue Ivy. And I showed her a picture of Blue Ivy back when Beyonce, you should just let her hair just run wild. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or run free, I should say, because wild yeah. has a negative connotation. Right. So run free. And she would wear a puff. So she would just wear out an afro. And Lindsay's eyes just lit up. So it really just speaks to the value of having images in media and social media in life that look like you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Representation That's matters. one of the reasons why I um, wrote the children's book, the Ava series. And in each book, um, the little character, Ava, has a different hairstyle. So one hairstyle, she has her Afro puffs. The other book, she has her her braids in place. Because we do need to celebrate how we are uniquely, how we have our own unique beauty. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that other people, that the European standard is not beautiful. That is beautiful for them. This is this is, but we can also be beauty. It's not like it's a a, a scarcity of beauty yeah, around. Like we can all share this this same word. And you know, y'all, we can't have a conversation about beauty and the diversity of beauty without acknowledging the amazing feat accomplished by women in 2019 mm-hmm. by winning five of the major pageants. Woo-hoo. Now, I've got to give serious props and apologies to these ladies if I mispronounce your names, but to Kaylee Garris, Miss Teen USA, yep, yep. to Mia Franklin, Miss America. To Chesley Christ, Miss USA, Mm -hmm. to Zosie Beanie Tunzi, Miss Universe, and to Tony Ann Singh, Miss World. Yes, yes. The fact that these five black women who all have very different looks won those crowns just speaks to the strides in progress. I mean, black women are finally being in all of our shades, just being recognized as beautiful. But of course, we still have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to up the ante a little bit for you and drop some knowledge y'all might not know, but mm-hmm. there have only been two Mrs. Americas that are black. I was the first one. And in 2019, the second one was crowned. So y'all need to wow. add Mrs. What? America 2020 what? to, yes. to yes. the list. Her name is Natalie Winslow. And I get particularly Woo-woo. passionate about this because... You know, in in a world where black women specifically can be educated and be less likely to, to be married because they're educated, because mm-hmm. they're successful. My question is, Mrs. America started in 1938. Mm. I, in 2014, mm-hmm. was the first black woman to win, wow. which means on a deeper level, at some point, there is a lack of celebration and representation about what it means to have a family, to be married, to be a career woman, to be well-rounded, to have it all, so to speak, Mm. right? And so the lack of celebration of a black woman winning Mrs. America, to me, is a whole conversation in and of itself. Because, 
we're oh, a married woman is doing all of the same things that these single women are doing, but also doing it with a husband yeah. Hello. and children. Hello. Right. And, children. and children, Hello. sometimes with a career too, because sometimes these women are still young; they're still in college. So you know that is is really significant to me, and and I just want to up the ante. And, and I'm uh, glad you did. And Officially moving Natalie Winslow to the top of the list because the, the, the husband around. and those kids alone. Uh-huh. I just feel like you should <laughs> add five points. Amen. <laughs> For reals, people said, "What what's your talent?" There's no talent, Mrs. America. My talent is I have a husband and three whole children. There you go. And they're all still alive. And they're alive in here. And, and I still go to work. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, guys? It is, it is funny you mentioned talent. because uh, So I'm one of three girls. And everyone used to always say, like, oh, y'all should be in pageants, blah, blah, blah. And literally, we looked. At my, I was like, what's, what's my talent going to be? Like, reading a book? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> She reads very well. She reads very (laughs) well. You know, I'm going to bring up a topic that's a little controversial because we know black don't crack. Right. But y'all, plastic surgery. According to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, breast augmentations are up 48%. Mm -hmm. Butt lifts are up 241%. Lip augmentations are up 61%. And for black people, Cosmetic procedures are up 17%. And these are all stats and facts from 2017. Wow. So, I mean, it's three years old, but still, yay or nay? Anything wrong with the little nip tuck? That's like a super loaded question. I feel a lot of pressure about it. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say honestly, like I just think people have the freedom to choose their choice. But I think the most important thing that, that a person can do before they go under the knife is to, 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 search your motives right so are you trying to do this because you don't like yourself and if if you don't like yourself like the deeper root is you could go and get your booty lifted up but you still Still might not not like yourself afterwards so you know i think making sure that that mentally you are not just trying to put a band-aid on on a gushing wound is your nip tuck solution to to a deeper deeper issue seated root deeper rooted issue Yeah. yeah That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think young people in particular, but not just young people. I mean, the fact that women who are in their 30s and 40s feel compelled to have facelifts because they feel like their skin is starting to look wrinkled. And I'm just like, honey, you are just entering the season of your womanhood. Like, why do we feel compelled to like, and this is going to sound judgmental, but I just often feel like when people start to have like those facelifts that are too much, they start to look like lion lady. They start to look feline. Always surprised. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Or like no expression whatsoever. And I mean, there's certainly value to cosmetic surgery. But for me in this country, I just think we've gone a little bit far in terms of what the standard is, what the ideal is, and how people are trying to meet something. That's not even real. I mean, that's Photoshop. So you, you want your natural face to look like something that's been airbrushed. And it's just like that. That ain't real. That's not real. It's just like my girl B, you know, shout to Beyonce as always, but in, in pretty hurts, she says, you know, perfection is a disease of the nation, but, um, you know, it's the soul that needs the surgery. Yeah. Now I'm, I am all about like, if I don't see any difference in someone dying their hair, well, I mean, there is a difference, but in someone dying their hair or wearing, you know, um, extensions or, or contacts, changing their body as far as the surgery is, yes, it's more invasive, but if the motives are the same, if you dye your hair or wear um, weaves or, or wearing contacts, is that you don't love yourself. If it's the same reason why you do a augmentation of your body, 
it's the same same disease that we need to tackle, right? Mm-hmm. So it, I, I agree, it's the motive behind it. If mm-hmm. you're doing it for for a lack or avoiding yourself, it won't be filled by a butt filler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so well, well, don't judge me because I would definitely do something with these little saggy breasts. These kids have sucked mm, the, they life, suck the life out of them. They, sure they, they lay down in a way that they never did before. Yeah. They look like no. my elbows, and I wouldn't mind <laughs> if Doctor the elbows, friend. And I would not mind if Doctor Miami would come and just lift them up, up, just make them look like they want to be here. Them little chicken That's butlets. all. Them make them look cutlets. like they're present. <laughs> That's all. That's all. But I would I not touch my face because y'all know my dream age is sixty and I am so excited for what that will look like and feel you know, like I'm for me. About, I'm excited about gray hair. Yes. yes. Me too. I got those. I'm really yes. silver like fox. But pick too. up the breast. But pick up my breast. <laughs> yeah. Everything nipped. Pick up the I, when I push a human out, I think if you push a human out. You deserve you, new breasts. You deserve what you want. Like, just what saying. you want. Um, Thank you. I appreciate you know, that affirmation. Yes. Yes. A human lived in my body. I should get whatever multiple, I want. Multiple, multiple, yeah. multiple humans. I'm, yes. I'm gonna throw my little, my little sagging, low hanging over my shoulder. Are <laughs> you gonna let me lift it up? I have friends Which that call it want? rocks and socks. Right. Yes. <laughs> it looks like rocks and socks. Yes. I mean, if I, I literally put your hands on your back, like just touch them, and that's what my breasts look like—the elbows. Like well, that's know, exactly where they're placed. Too. I'm gonna need you to stop um, giving that description, friend. But you. <laughs> <laughs> but the crazy thing is, so we oftentimes talk about women and and their surgeries, but we do know that men are climbing in the ranks of oh, having yes. more, and more plastic Look surgeries. Look at Kanye. Yeah. Look yeah. at Kanye. Yeah. Look at, and for weird surgeries like calf um, yes. implants and pec one, implants and ears mm-hmm. and ear tucks. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, or even um, our Asian brothers and sisters with the eyelid uh, yeah. surgeries. Yes. Uh-huh. It's it's crazy. And yeah, we do have to find a place where we can celebrate all differences in the flaws and understand that you should age and right. with that and that's okay that's okay and, and there's actually sexy. beauty in that right it is sexy that's i'm trying right. to be a silver fox party people it's time to be a little bothered Hashtag be Welcome to our closing segment where we give listeners advice about the B word that we just unpacked. And we sincerely hope that some of what we shared resonated and got you thinking about your own experiences with beauty. In fact, we're going to end today with how and why we should celebrate and acknowledge each other's beauty as women and especially black women. Ab, let's start with you. You know, because, you know, I'm always about celebrating some melanin. You know, we know that black is literally the absorption of all energy and it's powerful. The darker the berry, the sweeter juice, hey, whatever hey. you want to go with those lines. But um, but truly for black people to celebrate exactly who you are. If we look at the standard of beauty of what it was even three decades ago is now slowly starting to morph to look exactly the way black women are literally born from the womb Mm -hmm. with the fullness of our lips to the roundness of our hips, right? People tanning beds and and trying to get that shade that we achieve when we just wake up. Well, when I wake up in the summertime, you know what I mean? (laughs) But, But no, but truly celebrate yourself that you are uniquely designed. And when you walk into a room, our eyes truly do go towards you. Absolutely. I would just say ditto to everything that Ebony said. The only other piece that I would add to that is stop judging yourselves and each other so harshly. Like stop trying to live up to an ideal that isn't even real. At the end of the day, self-love is beautiful. What about you, Austin? I would say take ownership of the magic in the black girl magic. Mm -hmm. 
not just mm, for yourself, mm, but for mm. everybody else. Like, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times in our culture, we're quick to start judging or giving feedback before acknowledging. I call it put a praise on it. You need to put a praise on something. Find something yep. positive there yep. because we are made magically. And and I think when we don't celebrate the magic of just who we were made to be and how we were made to be, then it gives uh, our our uh, less melan- melanated brothers and sisters an opportunity for us for them to to say things like, "Well, why we would never have white girl magic," mm-hmm. um, but but the thing is, uh, or it denigrates by saying black girl magic, it denigrates right. the value of whatever it is you're accomplishing. So I think that nobody should celebrate us more than us right. and just our Absolutely. magic and not being afraid to to stand up for it, to talk against people who don't understand it. And, right. and just advocate for one another. Yeah. Right. Um, not that I much to add after all of that, because those were perfect. I would just talk about um, beauty on the inside and really work on your character and, and your confidence, because I feel like when you develop those things, your natural beauty will immediately radiate when you walk into the room, like yeah. Eb said. And when you talk about celebrating yourself, appreciate those flaws because it tells your full story and everyone's dying for a full story. Some you have what someone needs to survive. Mm-hmm. That's what Pastor Tracy told us one Sunday. You have exactly what someone needs to survive. And so put a praise on it and appreciate who you are in all its fullness and glory. Cause you, girl, you cute. You cute. You right. cute. Girl. You cute. Right. So thank you. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to hear us wax poetic about beauty. Please keep listening to the B Word Unpacked and tell us what your thoughts are about today's episode in our comment section. To all of our listeners, please let us know if there's a B Word that you want us to unpack in future episodes. Austin, tell the people how they can follow you on social media and if there's anything special you may have coming up that they should know about. Sure. You can follow me on Instagram at Austin Will. That's Austin with an E. So A-U-S-T-E-N. W-I-L-L or Facebook at the Austin Williams. Uh, also, when I uh, when I re- retired from being Mrs. America, uh, I actually became the uh, executive director of a nonprofit that fights human trafficking. It's called Project Freestyle. We use fashion to fight human trafficking, and I would love, I love it love if it. you would there come you and check out our stuff. So. Project Freestyle? Project Freestyle. Projectfreestyle.org. Projectfreestyle.org. Shop with a purpose. I love it. This has been fun, y'all. So much fun. So until the next time, let's keep unpacking. Learn more about Goodstock Consulting at www.goodstockconsulting.com. Be sure to follow on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn.